How much of your day do you spend doing repetitive tasks? Across all roles in the staffing and recruiting industry, it's an average of 25%. That's over a day per week. Imagine if you could automate those tasks and give yourself that time back. A digital worker built by Liquid Palladium does just that. So if you want to reduce your cost base, increase your capacity to make more placements and grow faster, then contact us at liquidpalladium.com. Next time, ask yourself, could a bot do that? What great ideas are so close within your grasp? Seeing other points of view, anticipating change, considering multiple possible turnouts, acknowledging uncertainty, searching for compromise. We're going to talk about how to get over those limiters of innovation so that you can extract better thinking from yourself and your team. So let's talk about how to win the future. Welcome to the Marketing Rules Podcast from Thinking Circles. With me, your host, James Whitelock. Being an inclusive recruiter is the easy thing to say, but much harder to prove and to put into action. So this week, it is my pleasure to welcome Emma, MD at Radical Recruit. Emma has made it her mission to get disadvantaged job seekers back into work. Emma talks us through the ethos of Radical Recruit, some of her successes, and the future of her business. Welcome back, everybody, to the Marketing Rules Podcast. And today I'm joined by Emma from Radical Recruit. Emma, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. I think we've been trying to get you on for probably something like six months, but sometimes you've had to cancel, sometimes I've had to cancel. But finally, we're here face to face, sitting down and recording. Um, for everybody listening today, Emma, it would be great if you can, can tell them a little bit about kind of Radical Recruit. Because one of the reasons why I wanted you on, because you're a little bit different to everybody else who's kind of working out there. Uh, the way your business is set up, the way it works, kind of who who you work with is is really quite unique. And that's what kind of I think uh, our audience are going to find fascinating. So, yes, if you could just kind of tell us a little bit about uh, Radical Group. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me. I think um, probably the delay in recording this was mostly my fault. <laughs> I appreciate your patience. Um, okay, so to set the scene, I have worked in the human services sector for like 15 years. And um, throughout my tenure in, in the charity sector, I was responsible for managing a whole load of return to work, ready for work, um, jobs brokerage type services for what I call the underdogs of society. And in retrospect, I now know that those were watered down, really crappy versions of what um, people who experience disadvantage actually need in order to get ready for and enter the labour market as well as progress in their chosen careers. Um, before I founded Radical, I worked for a grassroots organisation who supported women and um, women coming from the, the, the criminal justice system as well as uh, women who had been in the care system to um, get jobs reintegrate back into the community, um, re-establish themselves in, in the roles that they had before prison um, and, in theory, not re-offend. And um, throughout my two years in that role, I became acutely aware of sort of the failings of the third sector uh, in providing those types of support. And uh, I believed that I could do it better. So <laughs> Radical was born um, in 2019, October, Ironically, only a couple of months before the pandemic completely halted most recruitment. Um, and at that stage, I didn't really know a great deal about recruitment. 
Um, I didn't really have a lot of sort of business savvy or acumen, um, but I knew that in order to do this work better, we needed to operate like a commercial recruitment consultancy does normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess that was sort of the 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 model that that shaped radical in the beginning. So I sort of set out to work with three constituencies, ex-offenders, care leavers and homeless folk, because they tend to be the same people at different points in their life journey. And what I really wanted to do was sort of agitate that cycle. Then um, the, the pandemic sort of happened and those who were closest to the, the breadline and, um, you know, not represented in the labour market were adversely and disproportionately impacted by the plague. Um, Brexit happened and there mm-hmm. were all of these amazing opportunities owing to the fact that, you know, employers couldn't find talent um, skilled or, or just labour generally. And, of course, George Floyd's murder and the world's sort of racial equity awakening, um, which caused them to think about diversity more seriously um, and turn their sort of rhetoric, diversity rhetoric, into meaningful action. And often that was through recruiting people who were marginalised because of their difference, if you like. Um, So being the typical founder, love shiny new things, really enjoy the opportunity to try, fail, iterate, try again, um, sort of grabbed onto lots of different opportunities um, and 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 broadened our reach to anyone with a protected characteristic under the law. Um, and I use that term really loosely in the context of getting into the labour market because most people don't enjoy the protections they need. And also those with sort of really adverse, usually, usually adverse life experiences who make it really tricky which make it really tricky to get into the labour market in the first place or sort of return after a period of absence. So I'm talking about, you know, ex-offenders, care leavers, people who have um, survived domestic violence and abuse, modern-day slaves, really anyone who who has a barrier to work. So three years on, um, we have made over 525, so I'm not sure what the count is this week, Mm Um, and we've worked with some of really amazing brands like Warner Media and Sage and these WPP, as well as sort of small and medium enterprise, and placed radicals from lots of different backgrounds into all sorts of uh, jobs, mm-hmm. everything from sort of marketing managers to accountants to civil enforcement officers, um, you name it, we've probably done it. Um as well as the recruitment piece, we've also done a whole load of learning over the last three years and um, come to the realisation that there's loads of people who are what we call radical, mm-hmm. um, who will allow us to take them on a journey from A to B, A being possibly not sure what they're want- wanting to do for a career or not sure what they're good at or how their sort of skills transfer from life to work. Um, to B, which is sort of radical ready and, um, you know, in a position where they can navigate through a competitive recruitment process. Um, so that that's not so much of, I think, probably the hardest part of the work we do is actually with employers to get them to the point where they're um, attracting, engaging with, recruiting, onboarding and supporting radical people to to flourish. So around the recruitment piece, we've developed a um, 
really holistic, if you like, uh, commercial offering to get uh, our clients radical ready. And that might be through supporting with, you know, infrastructure like policy and process. It could be helping them to position their brand as a sort of diverse uh, diversity employer of choice. Mm-hmm. It could be helping them to shift their cultural dial and get buy-in from those who are actually doing the recruiting. Um, it could be helping them to sort of reimagine their um, assessment or interview tools so that, um, you know, they're, they're assessing people fairly. All sorts of things, really, to ensure that when we put a radical into an organisation, um, they will they will succeed, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So to find your kind of radicals, as you find it in the first place, are you doing a lot of kind of outreach in, in, um, in, in, in prisons and in kind of how, how do you kind of go out? Because that for me feels like the kind of difficult bit to kind of get the you know in the traditional sense the candidates to know who you are, to know that a business like yours exists to help people in those situations. Yeah, sure. Um, so we we do lots of sort of engagement activities on behalf of our clients. Um, we have a database of radicals that have gone through our employability program and are endorsed for recruitment. So we have that database like any other recruiter would. Yeah. Um, where we can't fill a vacancy through that database, we will design a marketing campaign that uh, talks to and really engages with the communities that the client wants to connect with but aren't finding through their traditional search methods. Um, we also have a amazing network of what we call inclusion partners. So they're organisations who uh, deliver different types of services to radical people. So, for example, housing or um, it might be, uh, you know, employability provision. It could be um, drug and alcohol counselling, all sorts of things. Um, and what we do is we take our clients' vacancies to our inclusion partners and ask them to market to the radical people that they're supporting. We have, like, I mean, we've got 800 job centres on our on our uh, sort of network. We've got mm-hmm. probation services, prisons, CRCs. We have churches, you know, people where, places where radical people congregate. Um, we have connections into those communities. And really what we do is we use our, our brand, which is trusted amongst radical people, to endorse the clients that we're working with so that radical people feel like if they do apply, their application will be taken seriously and that they will be um, participating in a really fair and equitable process to ensure that they sort of have the same opportunities to win the job on merit. Yeah, given the respect that they're due, I guess, right? That's what kind of, you know, they might have kind of missed out on uh, through through other through other means. And then from the flip side, from the client side, you know, the clients that are, are using you, um, you know, being cynical, are they doing it because they are now, you know, this this the, the the discussion around you know equity equity and diversity is something that they are trying to kind of participate in truly and do want to find some great candidates and great radicals who can work with them that they just might not be able to kind of have any interaction with previously or is there a kind of a mixture of well they've kind of feel that they should be doing this for for kind of csr reasons and things like that when i know that's kind of you know, so you might have both. I mean, but you kind of maybe you choose who you want to work with. How does that kind of process work? 
Yeah, really good question. Sorry, I'm not sure whether you can hear that background noise. There's a helicopter <laughs> flying over. No? Okay, cool. Um, so we work with any organisation who wants to turn their diversity, CSR, ESG commitment into meaningful action by recruiting radical people. Um, in order to work with us, all of our clients are sort of vetted quite thoroughly mm -hmm. to ensure that the motivation is pure and they are willing to do the work um, that would enable them to attract, engage with, recruit, retain radical talent. Um, often clients come to us wanting a Band-Aid solution mm -hmm. and three years on uh, we're in a position to walk away from that sort of business. Um, most clients, I think, come with sort of really genuine, authentic commitments but perhaps don't understand and fully empathise with the challenges uh, radical people face when it comes to entering the labour market. So to give you a really obvious example, mm -hmm. um, you know, one in seven people are neurodivergent in the uh, UK community. And um, in order to sort of attract neurodivergent people and ensure a process from application, interview, onboarding is accessible, a huge amount of work needs to be done to really understand what the barriers are for this, this group of people. So it could be that, um, you know, someone is dyslexic, for example, mm -hmm. and actually your usual um, advertising copy, your marketing copy, your, your recruitment copy isn't accessible because it's on your website, it's written in black font on a white background and there's no accessibility plugin. There's loads of word pollution on the page. So in order for a dyslexic person to read that job ad and then hit the apply button and complete the potentially inaccessible uh, application form, you know, that's a, that's a real barrier. Mm -hmm. So without doing the work to understand exactly what the challenges are, employers are really, you know, these people are self-selecting out of the process because it's just not accessible. Yeah. So we do, do a lot of work to look at, you know, end-to-end -end processes through really specific lenses, disability being a really, um, you know, frequent one. We've got, there's loads and loads of sort of untapped pools of talent that organisations are just not thinking about. You know, you've got 11 million people with a conviction, but so many organisations have that box that says, do you have a conviction? And so someone with a conviction, having been discarded on the talent scrap heap over and over and over again, mm -hmm. is going to read that and be like, I'm not going to tick that box because I know I'm not going to get a chance to, to apply. I won't bother. So we looked at like, we look at these processes through all of these different lenses and help um, our clients to really reimagine how they would usually um, talk to these pools of talent, you know, attract them, get them to apply for the job and interview them. So kind of part of your kind of business and role now is that um, uh, education and consultancy piece for your, for your clients? It's the biggest part of what we do, honestly, and the hardest part because, I mean, there's a piece around sort of shifting attitudes and challenging popular perceptions of radical people. I mean, largely speaking, our people are viewed through a lens of mistrust. They're assumed to not have the skills um, or the motivation required to apply for a job and sustain employment. 
Um, and for decades, often centuries, depending on how old the company is, they've not been considered viable candidates. So that that's like a really big piece. There's a piece around sort of de-biasing processes and um, making processes and tools really accessible. There's a bit around sort of helping organisations to understand their risk appetite. You know, mm-hmm. in the, in, there's a whole load of misplaced fear around litigation and various other things um, when it comes to hiring people with disabilities and especially people with convictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that that piece around, okay, if you hire someone who's radical, what support do they need that might be different to your sort of bog standard average mainstream candidate? So thinking about sort of their longer term requirements. So we support um, post-placement as well. Shazami is the latest and best enterprise-grade recruitment website technology globally and is fully integrated into your ATS. There are no locking contracts, as we believe constantly high service levels and cutting-edge, easy-to-use technology should make you never want to leave. Recruitment website success equals Shazami. Visit shazami.com for more information. And uh, with with regards to the kind of clients, uh, are they receptive you know or do there's a pushback or i mean i know you said you kind of self-select some of these kind of businesses now but you know it's interesting to kind of you know the kind of people that you're kind of dealing with you know uh, you know is it kind of is it mainly the 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 recruiters a talent acquisition in-house is it who you know who are those kinds of people that you're kind of now having these kind of discussions with within these businesses yeah i mean it's (laughs) i'm not really sure i've got the answer to that question i think it's mostly sort of at hrd level in-house Um, I suppose I'm trying to see where, where it's kind of driven from within these businesses. That's and that's the kind of question, really. You know, I mean, if it's if it's something that uh, you know for for the for, for the people in in the audience listening, you know, the the, the in-house recruiters and things like that is that driven by them? Should it be driven by them? Is it driven kind of high above? You know, where in organisations? Because you said you work for some really big organisations, and it would be kind of it's just interesting to know, you know, where the where the drivers are for this that kind of that bring you in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's different for every client, if I'm honest. Um, I would say for our sort of bigger corporate clients, mostly it's sort of HR teams who are coming to us, Um, but we can knock on the CSR and diversity door as well, or the ESG door. Um, I think in order for this, the work that we do, in order for us to really add value, um, people from all parts of the business need to be involved. Um, And I think what happens is you know boards set diversity targets and then that responsibility is delegated to hr mm-hmm. or diversity whoever the diversity lead is and um perhaps they're not you know appropriately resourced or qualified to actually do the work or perhaps there's no budget to bring in sort of consultants like us to help do the work um they haven't thought about sort of the long term requirements around you know capacity building the people who would be doing the hiring, um, it might be that they haven't actually considered their policy position on on sort of X, Y, and Z that would impact their ability to work with us. So, you know, executive sponsorship and accountability um, is really important. I'm not convinced that most of our clients have that, and mm-hmm. that's a conversation we um, often end up having with our clients. Um, they know what they want to do. They don't appreciate often uh, the work that's involved and the cost 
associated with that work and the fact that it takes time you know it's a it's a I mean it's very cliche me saying this but it's a journey you know you can't achieve diversity without having you know equity of uh, opportunity and you know when you're bringing diverse people in uh, to retain those people you must create places of work where they feel like they belong and they're included um so the recruitment piece is a tiny piece of, of work um and there's a there's much bigger sort of structural issues that often we we need to tackle with our clients as well um the problem is we work with you know teeny tiny startups all the way to big matrix organizations so yeah. back to your question i'm not entirely sure that you know any one type of you know person within an organization is coming to us saying can you help uh it really depends on the business yeah um and uh from some of the kind of previous conversations we had uh there's some kind of uh some interesting updates at radical kind of coming in in the future i understand there's kind of different you know you're, you're kind of expanding slightly so why don't you kind of take us through what the kind of future holds yeah, I'm really excited actually because, I mean, I've known I'd needed to do this for about two years, but typical founder, you're kind of like juggling millions of balls and trying to, you know, keep the doors open throughout arguably the most challenging sort of economic and political environment, um, certainly in my lifetime. Uh, but I've managed to convince my two right-hand humans, Kirsty and Holly, to co-found a second radical brand. Um, and we will divide the existing entity into two and relaunch Radical Recruit as a charity that will support businesses to pipeline for early careers and those entry-level sort of roles in a number of different sectors from retail to construction to catering, Um, and those sort of opportunities are really great for radicals who are furthest from the labour market who will go through a really um, intensive program of support to get them to the point where we feel and they feel that they have the tools and the confidence to uh, navigate through a competitive recruitment process and get their first job potentially or a job that would enable enable them to sort of return back into the labour market after a period of absence. Um, be Radical, the second uh, brand, will be a or is a unapologetically commercial uh, entity and it will hopefully make loads of money so that we can fund the charity, the work of the charity. Because one thing that I don't want to continue doing is rely on grants and government funding to do this really important work with super radicals. Um, so that entity will offer um, all of our training, all of our consultancy, um, things like team away days and learning events, and also um uh, recruitment services for professional people-centric disciplines mostly I say that mm-hmm. we place loads of accountants as well not sure you call them people-centric disciplines but <laughs> yeah you know roles within professional services mostly in the in the corporate world okay 
Uh, yeah. I mean, that sounds that sounds amazing, right? It sounds like there's a lot kind of uh, happening over kind of the the rest of this year. Um, uh, Emma, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Uh, I hope everyone has kind of uh, has been has enjoyed it as much as I have listening to kind of what you guys are doing over there. Uh, we will obviously include all of your details in the show notes. So if anybody wants to know more, they can kind of reach out and contact you directly. Um, uh, I'm sure once kind of uh, in a few years' time, when things have even got even bigger and it's, it's even slightly, you know, it's, it's this kind of huge corporate entity with, with all kinds of charities and things we'll have you back on to kind of discuss that but emma for now thank you very much i would welcome that and thank you very much for having me mate thanks for listening and don't forget you can subscribe to the marketing rules podcast on apple spotify and all other major podcasting platforms i've been your host james whitelock and i hope you can join me and more amazing guests next time The Marketing Rules Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.